Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you, as always, by our friends at ZipRecruiter. You know what's smart? Having Chris Bosch on my podcast because that dude is really smart. You know what else is smart? Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS to hire the right people for your business. It's technology identifies people with the right skills for your job. Actively invites them to apply to get qualified candidates fast. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, Hotel Tonight, making it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates like a matchmaker between top-rated hotels with unsold rooms and people who want to book those rooms. And Hotel Tonight isn't just for last-minute bookings. Book for tonight, tomorrow, and beyond. Perfect for planners, procrastinators, everyone in between. As you know, I've used this many times, including next month at a location that is undisclosed for uh, soccer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hotel Tonight. Once again, find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app right now. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website. Talking Grammys, talking post-trade deadline stuff, bunch of great features. The Ringer Podcast Network, where we put up a brand new rewatchables already, A Star is Born. We did that one. We put it up Sunday night and... Uh, yeah, I think it's the earliest rewatchables we've ever done. We've done six movies this decade. So this was one of them. We thought it was timely with the Oscars coming up. So you can check that out. You can check out a new episode of Winging It. You can check out the Ringer NBA show and uh, the Flat Circle, our true detective show, which is on YouTube, Twitter, and then running on the Recapables feed. And we have uh, some good stuff in the works across the board for uh, everything we're doing here. Coming up, Chris Bosch. Future Hall of Famer. Um, great time for him to come in because I, I've been bummed out about this Anthony Davis situation and just where the NBA is going with with players just jumping teams left and right and nobody seems to be happy and we have this unbelievable product on the court and yet all the other stuff is just taking a life of its own to a point like where is this going? So who better to ask than Chris Bosh who was right there at the front door of the player empowerment decade and uh, and kind of saw all of it blossom into what it's become. He has some great thoughts on this. We're going to get to them right now. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, we are taping this Monday morning Pacific time. All-Star Weekend is coming. The player empowerment decade is in full bloom. <laughs> One of the people who started here, Chris Bosch, <laughs> is here. Is this out of control now? What's Is anyone happy? What's going on here? <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, man. That's... Uh... That's an interesting question. I don't know if anybody's happy. I think it's um, it's gotten to a point where, you know, in realizing the power of the athlete and that athlete kind of becoming aware of that, um, it's still young guys making decisions. And yeah. sometimes even if, um, so the Anthony Davis thing, even if he doesn't want uh, to be there, it's a way you go about it, it just backfired. And you, right. can, you can do that, but now it's going to be this new world where, um, you know, we're talking about other things like 
these these decisions backfiring a little bit. Well, what, at what point does it undermine the concept of team? That's the part I'm worried about. I'm fine with player empowerment. Yeah, I love that everybody's making money. This is great. <laughs> the, the, uh, the encore product is as good as it's been in the last 25 years. Yeah, and yet it just feels like it's turning into a pickup. Where it's like everybody's on the court and say, like, all right, I'm going to run with him now and you run with him and, yeah, and there's no continuity at all. When I was in high school growing up in the AAU thing, this is pretty much the AAU generation. Yeah. You know, um, and I was heavy into it, of course, growing up. But that's how some guys played. Some guys and, and um, you know, I remember distinctly many dudes would play for a team in California and live in Michigan play for a team in Texas, but live in Florida. Yeah. You know, so it's always kind of been there, you know, in the underlying tones of, of basketball development. So I think that's kind of where it comes from. Because usually guys just, yeah, they just make an all-star team. And this year it's in D.C. And we're going to, you know, this D.C. team is going to be the best in, in, in the world. And then after that, you know, they're not even playing together. It feels to me... What we're losing here is basketball ultimately is designed not to keep everybody happy. It's hard to be <laughs> in a team. There's a winner and a loser, especially you're in a 30-team league. Yeah. 29 teams are going to be sad at the end of the, of the season. For sure. And, you know, it was interesting. Right before LeBron left Miami in 2014, which you were intimately involved with, mm -hmm. Riley had that press conference. <laughs> yeah, he did. And it was this old guy in the couch press conference, but I also really liked it because he was like, he was basically like calling out LeBron and saying, "Hey, this is hard. Yeah, nobody said we're going to win every year. Like it's hard to keep a team together. I went through this with Magic and Kareem, and this is a journey, and you have ups and downs, and you can't bail the moment you have a down. Yeah, well, and LeBron I mean, didn't like when he said that. Uh, yeah, I guess not. I guess that didn't uh, help. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what did you think about that though? Of what he said? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's any time, especially when people are upset, there's some truth um, to what they're saying. And, and I do uh, get his point of view. Um, his Did you job. feel that way as a player, though, in the whole middle of that? Like, oh, yeah, the season didn't work out, but should we, that's it? Should we blow this up? No, I mean, I was, look, I, I grew up on classic basketball, you know, so I'm finally here at this moment and we are living or trying to attain things like Mike Jordan and, yeah. and Kobe and Shaq did and Kobe on his own and um, in L.A. with his team. But we were trying to – I thought that's how it was going to go. You know, like, hey, all right, this is the next thing. Let's, you know, figure this thing out. Let's uh, add more players and we'll see what happens. But, you know, um, free agency has taken on another uh, meaning usually, yeah. usually it was like, all right, let's work this thing out. Now it's kind of, um, you know, it's more of a business transaction and that's great. That's good. And there's always going to be repercussions for those things. And, and, and now I think we're seeing the, the, the unintended consequences now. So, you know, it's, uh, it's great, but it's uh, different. You've been in two different situations that relate to this. The first one was in Toronto. Yeah. And the end of that decade, the team just wasn't good. Yeah. And at some point you realized <laughs> I can change my destiny. How old were you when that with you? Were like 25, 26? I was 25. Um, it was funny because, you know, if you think as a young guy, hey, if I work hard, everybody else is going to work hard around me and they're going to, we're going to do this thing, right. this special thing. And 
And as hard as I was working, we were barely scratching the surface of the playoffs. I think we made the playoffs with two, <clears throat> two years in a row. And one of the years that I thought we were pretty good, we were a 500 team. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was just that consistency of just kind of underachieving a little bit and really, quite frankly, not having any help. You know, uh, free agents didn't want to come. Um, you know, th therefore we could only get so much better. And, um, I remember, uh, John Salmons was a free agent Yeah, and it was between us and Chicago. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh man, if we can get Johnny Salmons, we'll be, we'll be pretty good. Yeah. And I guess you would call it recruiting, trying to get in touch with him and stuff. And he took less money to go to Chicago. And that's kind of when I knew, it was going to be a lot, you know, more difficult being, you know, in Toronto. So as soon as I could change my destiny and have an opportunity to to explore other things, I was I was ready to do that. So you felt competitively you were compromised a little bit with the situation, especially free agent side in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it just is what it is. It's, I guess it wasn't as a, as appealing. Um, and even now, I don't remember the last time Toronto got a, a big free agent right, signing. Right, it's usually been smart trades it's and usually stuff like been that. smart well, trades. Well, there's some Canada stuff and there's taxes. And yeah, it's taxes and customs and they don't make it easy on you. I mean, it's small things like, hey, man, and, you know, forgive me if I'm going off on customs. I love you guys, but, man, you know, we, we <laughs> go in and out of the city a lot because, you know, we're it's yeah. centrally located, so a lot of in-and-out flights. You're going through customs every time. Yeah. And we're in the airport. Going through customs and that gets kind of old a little bit. You know, they had to give us our boarding pass and tickets, and then we had to take off our shoes and laptops and everything. You know, we're NBA players. We got a lot of jewelry on. We got a lot of stuff. <laughs> and you know, and like Sam Mitchell was killing us one year. He he made us have a business casual dress code. Oh my god! <laughs> so we've got big coats and belt buckles and shoes going through the thing. It was just. I did the math one time, 26 hours in the airport. Oh, my God. Twenty Over a season, And you're just thinking about it. Hours. So you get to Miami the next year, and you're like, all right, we'll see you at the private jet. <laughs> you just hop Smooth. on, you're off. You just hop on and go to work, man. And you were that's, like, what was I thinking? Yeah, man. That's, I was like, okay, all right, this is, this is how it should be. But I asked. They just, you know, politely declined. <laughs> so you had, because you had signed a max contract or whatever the biggest extension you could have done that last time in Toronto. Yeah, three-year deal. And then you knew pretty much with about a year to go that that team wasn't going to contend and yeah. that you were probably leaving. Did you ever think about being like, get me out of here, treat no, me? No, no, no. Um, I wanted to try my best, and I wanted to put it all on my back. That was one of the dreams that I had as a kid. You watch Jordan do it. It's like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. He's, you think it's a little easier than it really is. And then um, I kept, you know, I was in the position being the best player, perennial all-star and all that stuff, but I was still watching the playoffs as soon as May, like May 1st. Yeah. It was a wrap, you know, in a while. You get kind of tired of watching guys that you've competed with your whole life. You want to compete against them on, on, on that stage. So not being able to uh, to experience that. It was very tough. And, I mean, the last year, I mean, I came in, I was a man on a mission, and it just didn't work out. You know, right. I think numbers-wise, I had the best of my career, but, you know, I just ran out of juice, man. Did you have dialogue, like, before the trade deadline, the All-Star break, be like, hey, man, I'm probably leaving? No. 
no, no. So you're no, like, no. I'm riding this out today. Yeah, I just ride it out. And that's that's the thing I think guys today have to do. Um, you just got to ride it out, man. I, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah I think um, what uh, Kyrie, he's kind of, he, uh, he says some stuff. He's like, don't even say anything, you know, just, just kind of ride the wave. You don't have to commit people. And that's the game sometimes with the media. They want you to. They need that story. You know, guys have to write about something. So Sources. Yeah. Sources say, are saying. Hey, I'm coming back. Don't just just say free agency or just come up with something <laughs> right. to say and, and, you know, leave it at that. My issue with what Davis did, he he really started maneuvering with two years left on his deal. And, yeah. I, and I think the issue with the league right now, and I have no idea how to fix it. I think it's awesome that everybody's getting these big long contracts. They should. Mm -hmm. They the league is being carried by thirty guys. It's a multi billion dollar industry. I don't even know what it's worth. Yeah. But <laughs> you're putting young players in a position where it makes the most sense for them to take a long contract for the max mm -hmm. and then decide how to get out of it if things don't work out. And we're seeing that over and over again where now we're in a situation where he's got two years left on his deal. He re signed there to be their max guy. Yeah. And he hires Rich Paul. And you can see where it's going from the moment that happens. Yeah. And then right before the All-Star break, all of a sudden leak, he wants out. He wants to go to the Lakers. Yeah. And my question is, you're, you're everyone else on that team. What is it like to be on that team now? You've completely blowtorched the situation. There's no going back. Yeah. And you have all this time left on your deal. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that complicates things a little bit. And um, I think he said he is, he does want to play right for the rest of the year. I mean, he does, that's, that's why I say it backfired. You know, uh, you can you can explore different things. And, and um, just because we're business savvy a little more now and understand a little more doesn't mean that every decision is going to be spot on. Yeah. You know, and um yeah, now now you have to deal with the awkwardness of <laughs> of, of having to play. In, uh, in New Orleans, and that's pretty much a lose-lose situation now. And, I mean, New Orleans, you saw they're patient. They're not, you know, they're not moving. They're going to make uh, make the move that's best for them. And I liked how they handled it. They've got they've got more time. Yeah, wait, <laughs> so, why do we have to trade you? We, yeah, we paid you, you all this to. money to be our max player. Yeah, thanks and, thanks for the right offer, now. but we're going to keep you and try and, to figure but, it out. And that's the interesting thing. Like, the, the long-term contracts are great. That's another, I think, unintended consequence. As a player, we're like, great. 30, $38 million max deal. That's awesome per year. If you're not happy, though, now, I mean, it's hard to trade that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and look at John Wall's volumes, situation. Yeah, John I mean, Wall's like 40 million a year, and now he's hurt. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be an um, interesting situation. And even if you try, what does that value look like trying to make those blockbuster trades now? Because the money is way different, you know? Yeah, I don't know how we fix this because— Oh, just just part of it should be like just go for the ride. Well, <laughs> no, just go for the ride, man. Could we have no trade clauses for the max for the max deal? And if the guy wants to get traded, maybe it's fifteen percent off the contract or something. Like there's some sort of nah, dudes will never. You do don't that. like that anymore. Nah, nah, guys. Will I don't know how to fix this. I, mean, I, I don't have an answer. <laughs> hey, man. You know, I I think um, it's it's just one of those things. It's the new generation. It's the new NBA. So. You know, everybody has their Twitter followers and, and Instagram mm. followers and followers on social media. So, you know, it's more uh, single entities working under one big entity, pretty much. Single entities undermines the concept of a basketball team, though. Like you were in a situation in Miami where yeah. you were like, 
I have to do the little stuff. Yeah. I'm watching this right now with the Celtics. One of the issues with the Celtics right now, Kyrie going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. Corford and Hayward are veteran stars. Marcus yeah. Morris contract year. Marcus Smart just got signed. Then all these young guys. Yeah, it's their and basically time. they need the young guys to be the glue guys, but the young guys are like, I'm a young guy. Can I can yeah. I get 20 shots? Yeah, did you just see my commercial? I just yeah, did. I just I did shoot. I, yeah. I just have my own Nike show. I don't want to be a glue guy. <laughs> and then the, and then everybody's like, what's going on? I thought they were going to win 67 games, and yeah. it's been a disaster. Anytime young guys have early success, I always watch. Like I'm a Cowboy fan. Yeah. So that year, uh, what we went, um, I think uh, 13 and three. Um, going and made the playoffs next year wasn't very good. Automatically, you're going to have a letdown with young guys because they don't know what it takes to get back to that level. They don't know that, yeah, the Eastern Conference Finals is pretty special thing. Some guys yeah. don't even make it, but it's normal to them because it's what they're, that's their reality at the moment. They're not going to work as hard, and if they do work hard, it's not going to be in the right things. Uh, you know, uh, your guy that you want to be a glue guy, he might say, okay, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm going to average 20 next year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jason Tatum, amazing talent. I'll be your glue guy, but I need 18 shots. For sure. And but and then with that said, you've got Hayward coming back. Yeah. And you have Kyrie coming back. So that team that, you know, made it to the conference finals, totally different team, you know, and they have to – wipe off everything uh, from last year and restart. And, you know, some guys, sometimes it's just tough, man. Especially as a young guy. I couldn't imagine that. I feel like I really know basketball, and I did not see the Celtics thing coming at all. <laughs> I just thought, I was like, this is great. We got two more players. Stevens, is, Stevens will figure all this out. And you just forget, man. You, you know, I look at a team like Brooklyn or Sacramento, yeah. and they don't have half the talent the Celtics have. Oh, Sacramento has some talent, but... They're just so much happier. Everybody yeah. knows their roles. They hey, love playing together. <laughs> I mean, there's really something to be said for that. It's t- success is tough. Like, you know, uh, people, many people have, you know, that I respect have always told me, don't, it's not really what, a, uh, you know, how you handle everything when you're failing. That's, it's easy to get up and work harder and, yeah. and have all more dreams and aspirations and even be more determined next year. Show me the guy uh, after he's successful. And let show me that guy after all the success, and then the next year when it's time to come back and and do the little things like being the glue guy. Yeah, that's what I want to see, and you know, um, that's the message that doesn't get pumped out as much as like everyone is connected, and and as much as social media plays a huge role in talking to you know the youth and delivering the product to the people nobody's really talking about the psychological aspect of it yeah you know it's like it's a mind thing man (laughs) we talked about it last time you were there about how hard that first miami season was and it's like why is this team doing better it's chris bosh's fault (laughs) yeah i wouldn't if only he wasn't there (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't used to that i remember dudes was killing me and it had me feeling like i wasn't playing well yeah that was the most points and rebounds I actually averaged with the Heat until LeBron left. Yeah. You know, I was averaging, um, yeah, 18 and 8 or something like that. And I remember thinking, like, damn, I remember people making me feel like I was crap. You yeah. know what I mean? And and I wasn't an all-star and all these things. And, you know, I was averaging just under a second option on another team. You know, so after I saw that, I kind of just said, all right, Put all that to the side. I'm going to just concentrate on playing basketball and, and helping the team out and win. I didn't make it easy, but 
you know. That was the first time I remember the day-to-day rhythm of how we cover basketball now with social media and with all the reporters and this might happen and that might happen and sources say. And yeah. That was the first – Miami, I feel like, was the first team – that was in that for 365 days a year. Yeah, it was And the ups fun. and downs of it. Yeah, that first year was not fun at all, right? It was not fun at all. You know, it was kind of, uh, it, was a, it was a polarizing thing. I do think, and you know, I love Pat Riley to death. I do think it was made by design because, you know, Pat Riley is a smart guy. So, you know, they designed this whole big parade thing. It's kind of like, you remember in 87 when he said, we're going to do it again. Right. Put the pressure on <laughs> Yeah. And the Lakers dudes was like, you got to be kidding me. Right. I think it was the same thing, you know, put the, the pressure on. And it's good that nobody likes you because, you know, you're trying to go here. Nobody likes the guys up there. So we might as well do it now. <laughs> Out of those four years, how, how many, what percentage of it, were you guys actually just happy as a basketball team? Oh, a major percent. Yeah? Major, major, major percent. We, um, that was one of the best parts about it. We found how to, you know, go within the team and find things from each other. And it, it was more than just like on the court. Yeah. You know, it was going to breakfast together, uh, going over each other's houses, visiting, you know, family, supporting each other at, um, you know, charity events and stuff like that. That's that. That's pretty much what it was because everybody was grown men. We had families, um, children, you know, um, dreams and goals, and so that team thing was was very very important to us. Do you think teams still hang out like that? Because no. I think that's one of the problems. I don't think they do. I you think can they tell. Put, I think they put the AirPods on when they're on the bus <laughs> and they get in the plane and they're just it's easy doing their to do. Thing. It's it's the easiest thing to do. I remember. Um, you know, after Brian left, and one of the most underrated things about him is that he's a really a team guy. Yeah. You know, he's going to say, hey, let's go here. Let's go to dinner. He loves just the just, family aspect yeah, of the team. Yeah. You know, and so I said, all right. After he left, I said, okay, I got to, I got to assume the role. I'm going to take it on myself to reach out to the young guys and, you know, go to dinner and stuff like that. Some Sometimes it wouldn't be everybody. You know, open invitation for the whole team and maybe just, you know, it's five or six guys, which I understand. Yeah. You know, guys do things in, in cities, but it was never like it was, you know. And that's, I think, um, uh, you know, as technology's moved on, yeah, you can watch a movie. You can... Be on your Instagram, yeah, your Twitter. you know, so yeah. you can do anything, man. And and it, it, I think now more than ever, it's important for guys to... You know, hey man, let's let's go to dinner or let's talk. You know, because you can't you you can't like like with the Warriors now they're like everybody's making a big deal because they're yelling at each other. Yeah, you have to be you have to have a strong bond for those things not to get to you. You yeah. know, because you're gonna yell. It's gonna happen. It's an emotional game. I'm gonna scream at you. You're probably gonna scream at me. But afterwards, it's done. We address it. It's over. You know, um, and it'll linger if you're not, you know, if you don't know each other and respect each other. It seems like the family aspect of everything is the secret sauce for these basketball teams that actually really succeed mm. on a consistent level. Because I remember like Nash's son's teams in the last decade. Yeah. And they had that one last run in 2010, the year you were free agent. They almost made the finals. Wasn't their best team, but it was a really close team. Yeah. And they was the same thing. They were like dinners and all that stuff. Because you're asking somebody to be the glue guy. Even yeah. though he has talent to be a number one or number two, you're asking him to stand in the corner and yeah. 
you know, shoot threes and, you know, guard the best guy on the other team. Pretty much take a beating. Right. <laughs> you this, know. And the Spurs have been able to do that pretty consistently. Yeah. It's easier when you have somebody like Duncan, who's an all-time guy. But, yeah. And who knows who's <laughs> never going to leave. Yeah. But still, they asked a lot of good players to make sacrifices. You think Tim Duncan in this day and age would be kind of, would he be different a little bit? I mean, he almost left, remember, in 2000? Yeah. He almost signed with Orlando. He ended up coming back. I think... I think all these guys, I think your generation to the next generation is really different. Those two generations are really dramatically oh, yeah. different. It's way different. It's and way and different. you really, you're thinking <clears throat> to yourself as a brand all the time. I don't feel like in 2009 you were like, I'm Chris Brosh. I'm a brand who plays basketball. <laughs> you're like, I'm a basketball yeah. player. I want to make some money and be in the right situation. Yeah. Well, that was the, the best thing going. Um, you know, now... Yeah, you have to compete. It's a different platform. It's a bigger platform. So now you're going to get more of everything. You know, you're going to get more brand association opportunities. You're going to get more deals, more money. Yeah, you um, start your own company. I'm, yeah. I'm for all of it. I think it's great. I just don't know what it means for the basketball dynamic. You don't have, look, and here's how I think about it. You don't have to start a company. One thing that people do is make basketball players or athletes, period, feel like they have to know what they're doing after they're done playing now. Yeah. It doesn't. You don't, you know what I mean? Long if you're if you're you know excuse my language if you're not an asshole, yeah, people will talk to you later. You yeah, know, they know who you are. You don't have to do it right now because you know it's not always the best situation. Like just because you're investing in business doesn't you mean you know you're going to be successful? I carry that with me all the time. You know, so it, you can be patient. You don't have to do it right now. You can wait. And, you know, develop other things you want to do if you're having ideas. Hey, why don't I make sure that this guy I'm talking to is a good guy? Make sure I like him. Yeah. Usually people come right away, ah, invest in my company. I don't, I don't want to invest in it. I have enough money. Yeah. Didn't you see my deal? Right. <laughs> you know? So, you know, sometimes there's this pressure that doesn't need even need to exist. And then we start competing because, you know, you see – guys with their businesses and it might be well that's a whole different situation you know what I mean and I think it's better just sometimes to let things develop I'm amazed I look at this Warriors thing hey KD's been on this pod six times yeah I, I'm amazed that's not like the happiest team on the planet <laughs> like you those guys this this is the team of a generation you yeah. know and, and they play so beautifully together I'm amazed they have any strife at all it's yeah. all great everyone's making money they can kill anybody like, how are you fighting with each other? Yeah, I don't man. get it. It's always that thing, man. And and you're right, man. I mean, it is amazing to watch them play. I always wanted to talk to Steve Kerr and ask him, like, how do you get these guys to pass the ball? Yeah. You know, like, you watch them. I mean, it's amazing, beautiful they basketball. They had, like, 40 assists last week. Yeah, it's crazy. And you've yeah. got pretty much two, arguably three of the greatest shooters of all time. And it's just <laughs> they're like, like, you shoot it. You shoot it. No, cut. Oh, it's so much fun. They get the young guys involved. It's it's amazing. I would never want to leave that. <laughs> you never know what you got till it's gone, man. One yeah. thing I learned is as cliche as that is, the old cliche sayings, those things are true, man. It's the reason why they're still around. And you never appreciate it until it's gone. In Miami, we thought that was going to happen forever. Four yeah. years, boom, done. And we could have competed for another more championships, too. Yeah. You know, so... They just have to enjoy it while it's there, and and then you'll look back and be like, damn, I shoulda, woulda, coulda, and maybe we coulda have won more. I don't care how many you win. 
You know, you want to stay there as long as possible. You you think uh, you think LeBron feels that way at all about Miami, or that he looks at that like no. college? No, four yeah. years, I was done. <clears throat> yeah, it's just it was a great experience, and he made the decision that he felt was best uh, for him and his family, and hell, it worked. Yeah, you know, he kept going to the finals. We didn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it worked. <laughs> that last year when he was. You knew his free agency was coming, and you didn't know what he was going to do, but you felt like he was going to stay. Mm-hmm. How does that affect the dynamic of the actual season? Is that like a like a shadow that lingers over everything that's going on, or are you just not thinking about it because of the grind? Yeah, we weren't thinking about it because of the grind. We were trying to th- three-peating was on our mind. If we yeah. win, that, that kind of you know alleviates everything, and we came up short. We were just we were dealing with you know fatigue. Mental fatigue, you know, uh, you know, um, everybody, the whole team not buying in all the way and doing the things necessary to win. As you see, we got smoked. Yeah. Uh, once we got uh, far enough <clears throat> against a motivated team, we just, you know, battling the things that come with trying to win three in a row. We just fell short. What, what's your biggest regret about that last season? Nothing. None. I should have one one regret I have. I should have spoke up more and been more aggressive uh, in games three, four, and five. Well, three, I would say game three. That was a weird series. Yeah. I was doing TV that year. It really flipped. Yeah. I felt like game four. I they, just a feeling from being in the building. The Spurs seemed so confident. I was like, I think they might. <laughs> I might win this. Yeah. But I didn't feel that way until game five. But yeah. if game four was on my radar. I was like, it doesn't seem like they think they're going to lose this series. Yeah. I mean, they, they, were, they were moving the ball so well, and you guys were always like a half step behind wherever absolutely. it was going. And they were shooting. I mean, they were yeah. shooting amazingly. And it just seemed everything, we were scrambling the whole time. Everything that we were doing, we were playing catch up. Yeah. You know, we were playing catch up enough in the series before, and we barely squeaked by. That series was more, they were, they were determined. And we didn't have enough to fight that determination. We weren't playing well. We weren't gelling as a team. We didn't have momentum. Um, you know, it was just a classic, you know, beatdown pretty much. And we won game two. Once we won game two, I was like, okay, this is, oh. Well, game one, game. wasn't that the Heat game, game one? Because they had an game excuse for game, game one. It was yeah. like, oh, if that didn't happen, yeah. Miami wins that. Yeah, good one. Good yeah. one, guys. Uh, it that was, was definitely rigged. It was, yeah, of course it was rigged. I but think I, I lost it. 12 pounds. People, I was yeah. just put, doing TV. And people always tell me, like, my friends will say, if you would have won, you would have won a series. I say, nah, we split. That's what you're supposed to do. A good team. You split on the road. You go back home. So we did our job. You know, it wasn't any heat issues in, in three or four, no pun intended. So, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was just one of those things. I wish I would have been more aggressive in speaking out and getting myself involved. Let's take a quick break to talk about Bud Light. Did you know not all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients? That was news to me. Bud Light is changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients. So they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. Bud Light, brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, no artificial flavor. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light, enjoy responsibly. AB Bud Light, Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. And since we're here, the rewatchables, A Star is Born, doing that. It's up. You can download it right now. Me, Sean Fennessy, Amanda Dobbins, including crucial conversations like what would have happened in real life if somebody peed on themselves at the Grammys like that? How would that have been treated? What would the seven-day news cycle have been like? Uh, 
is the seven minutes when they sing shallow in the movie, the best seven minute stretch of any movie this decade. A lot of good stuff. Uh, really enjoyed that one. We have Reality Bites and Dave are the next two movies. Yeah, that's all coming. I don't know why you haven't subscribed to the Rewatchables yet if you haven't already done it. Um, check that out, the Rewatchables feed on the Ringer Podcast Network. All right, back to Chris Bosch. What do you see from uh, LeBron in year, what year is he now? Year 17, I guess? 16? Whatever year 16. 16? Yeah. What do you see from his game? That is different, evolved, a little less than not it was, banging whatever. as much. Not banging as yeah, much. Yeah, not banging as much. He's very calculated in his face-up moves. He pretty much knows the move he's going to hit you with, and he's more of in a in a flow. He knows his game. Um, he knows you can tell he's picking his spots uh, on the court, where what move he's going to do in which spot. You know, every time he faces somebody up, when he gives you that long back dribble and yeah, attacks. Yeah. He's he, taking he, more threes. Yeah. The, I watched the Boston game and the Philly game, <clears throat> and it's definitely, he's already in energy conservation. I know if mm -hmm. we make the playoffs, I'm going to have to do absolutely everything. <laughs> I'm not burning it right now in mid-February. Yeah. Nah. But at the same time, they might not make the playoffs. It might be too late. It'll be time. You know, I think, uh, yeah, he's just in a position he hasn't been in in a, in a while. You know, and he's going to have to guide that team. And um, their young guys are the same way. You know, um, I put them in the position the same as Boston. Yeah. They had some young guys, very good. You know, Kuzma, Ball, uh, Hart, all those guys, Ingram. They phenomenal talents. Um, and then Brian has come. He's like, oh, we're going to win it all. And you can see it in their eyes in the summertime and, it's like, man, you don't, it's, you a, it's no a blitz about to come your way and, and you have to do it. And now, you know, they're kind of, you know, on the outside looking in, but there's some work to do. I really like the way they looked the last couple of months of last season. And yeah, whatever they be a happens, dangerous team. If they yeah. figure it out, they, I, I mean, if they figure some things out and it's still two months of basketball, don't count them out. You know, it's. Uh, Defensively is going to be an issue though. You do have they, to play they defense. <laughs> they, they just, it's a pretty inflexible lineup. Yeah. Like Embiid just annihilated them yesterday. Yeah, the that ability is there. They can't match up at center. I mean, you know, um, well, Tyson's there, uh, but they have some defensive ability. Yeah, it's an older Tyson. And, and just like Brian, he won't be able, he's not going to, yeah. you know, burn it all out now. Uh, but if, if, like I say, if they figure things out and get those things down, I mean, especially defensively, they're long. Um, you know, well, outside shooting is is uh, an issue, but they might could turn around. I I feel like the Kings are going to make the playoffs, and I'm trying to figure out what the eight <laughs> spots are. I haven't even looked at the standings. It, 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 I mean, it's a little too early. There's like 25, 27 games left. But yeah. I just like the Kings, and they play hard every night. I think they're going to make it. So somebody's got to drop out for them, and it is either has to be the Spurs or the Lakers. Because the Spurs are kind of going this way. Yeah. Very, like, quietly. They're kind of doing this. <laughs> well, everything in San Antonio and is going to be quiet. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you hit this point where you have 11 teams that have a chance to make the playoffs, but then you get to, like, late March, and somebody pulls a calf muscle for two weeks. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden that team's tanking, and then all of a sudden they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it happens. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, it happens. I mean, I like the Kings. I keep, you know, I, uh, I was hearing about them the last month. Man, the Kings, the Kings. And, you know, DeAndre Fox and Marvin, Marvin Bagley, yeah. you know, they have some uh, really, really, you know, uh, generational Bagley's talent. Bagley's in there. your lefty, lefty club. Yeah, I saw him play at Duke a couple times. Uh, I, I like him. 
He's uh, he's he's nice. He's pretty. The good. lefties all hang out. Yeah, they man. All, is there like some text chain? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you, Zach Randolph, Bagley. Nah, man. All the hey, lefty post up dudes. You had to wear a. Uh, Keon Clark's on it still. Keon Clark. Wow. <laughs> who are the great left? Who are the great lefty forwards? Who are your favorites? Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom. An all timer. Yeah, of course. I modeled. I remember. I watched him play in, at Rhode Island, man, when I was a kid. Like Dave Cowens, great lefty. Dave Cowens. Before your time. <laughs> that's before my time. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good one right there. You, I really got to think about that one. Because I always say this, but... Sam Perkins. Sam Perkins is a good one. There was young Sam Perkins and then old Jedi Sam Perkins, 28 feet from the basket. Yeah. <laughs> shooting the set shots, man. Yeah, set shots, Sam Perkins. That was so weird, a center shooting a three. It was like, what is he doing? Because the thing is, I, I always say this, everyone forgets somebody's left-handed during a basketball game. You just yeah. forget. And then the guy's going left. It's like, oh, shit, he's left-handed. And yeah. I feel like it's worth three baskets again. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> you know, sometimes. You got to, yeah, after after a while, you start playing smart players, and they know. And yeah, then they it's know. like, left. Like, well, because of that, I'm going right more, so thanks. Well, because the other thing is guys jump up like this. Yeah. So you're going on the other side, and people, yeah, I mean, people don't defend like this yeah, with the right weird, hand yeah it's a weird you know it's, it's a it different flips it around yeah you got to kind of be aware of all that stuff when you're defending LeBron's guys. got it LeBron's left over the years has been like his underrated thing that he's added yeah he's right left-handed though he's yeah. left-handed yeah, yeah yeah but I mean you he's know. his ability to make these little five-foot jump hooks and twisting yeah. shots and yeah I always thought that was uh, a huge advantage uh, him and him and Mario Chalmers are both left-handed ah. but they shoot with their right <laughs> You know, and I always thought that was, you know, uh, such an interesting advantage because you, 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 you know, you have the mechanics in there kind of to be able to use your left hand a little better because yeah. I don't write, do anything with my right hand. Right. It's damn near useless, you know. James Harden left-handed. Yeah. Averaging 37 a game this year. He's pretty good. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's pretty good. Um, you know, I would like to see that team do better. I think this it's a year for to take down the Warriors and, like, I don't see any – challengers that's like oh no you've got to beat us on our home court this year and the only one i kind of like for this conversation is uh i i like what i'm watching from okc yeah i they they're, they're pretty good yeah absolutely they're very <clears throat> different and they're they're long and they're physical and they're good defensively and they have a center who knows what he's doing and yeah. paul george is playing out of his mind he is and they're just like athletic and they try really hard and you you this year, somebody's going to have to actually knock them out and beat them. Last year, yeah, they kind of sure. beat themselves in that Utah series. Yeah, this I would year, like that to Warriors see them. thing. Their Warriors will have to beat them. But I, they need that number one seed. It makes it a little better, you know, for sure. Um, but I, I feel like the Warriors are <laughs> like they lost that stupid Philly game. That um, they just Philly played really well. Yeah. Um, but I felt like they were about to go on a run a little similar to your 2013 run. Yeah. Maybe I not mean, 27 straight, but. They have the personnel to do it. Yeah. It's um, right around the, the time of the season where that can happen. Yeah. You guys well, did I mean, yours every, right, right into March. Well, yeah, because everybody kind of writes you off a little bit. and Yeah. You know, you kind of take offense to that. So, you People know. get healthy. Yeah. Everyone else in the league, guys start getting hurt. And it just, now you're at 10. Yeah. Now you're at 12, and then you kind of start looking around going, hey, let's keep the... When did you think... Was there any point during that streak where you're like, oh, shit, we could... 33's like in our sights. I think like 20. 20. We got the 20. Like, okay. It, it became a thing 
and not a thing at the same time. So we didn't want to talk about it, but you're aware. Yeah. And hey, maybe let's go for it. You know, let's just try to shoot for it. And then every game became bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, you know, you play Chicago and Thibodeau, he rested all his players. He sat everybody to get yeah. before us. I know that for a fact. <laughs> sat everybody and then had them fresh and had a had a game plan for us. I think that was us. one of the best regular season games of all time. I, I remember writing remember. that at the time. It, it was just an. It was like a game seven of a playoff. It series. was intense. It was I, amazing. I, had a, so I didn't have a good game, so I you know it was you didn't easier. like it. Yeah, I forgot it. Like ah, we lost. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think weirdly that might have been the highlight of the Derrick Rose era in Chicago because they never really. I don't think he was playing. Was he not in that? No, nah, he wasn't in that game. He was hurt. Oh yeah, they, you're right. They had they they were. It was uh, Noah. Short. I don't even think Joe right. Kim was playing. You're right. He was hurt. Yeah, I think Joe Kim was hurt too. They they had a depleted lineup a little bit, but uh, they played a good game that game. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you got past that one, I remember looking at the schedule and I think it would have happened. That was yeah. like your last bad one. Yeah. And then it was it got easy after that. Well, no, we had yeah, but we had an average month after that. So after we lost that, we were pretty so much a 500 team. Yeah, we were just ready for the playoffs after that. That was fun. I I actually. Uh, that that run you guys had there, and then some uh, the Warriors will have little stretches. That's been the best basketball we've seen this decade. Yeah, the Spurs are really fun <clears> to watch, <throat> but it was more like a chemistry thing. But from a talent standpoint, yeah, what you guys had there in that stretch, and what the Warriors have now, I think has been. Yeah, you want to see a couple fadeaways, right? A couple, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> some, the hardest thing to do is to get, um, just a lot of talented guys to click like that. Yeah, it's hard. Because we've seen a lot of teams that have talent, but to get everybody to kind of understand what they do. And that's why what's been interesting with this Golden State thing was Boogie come back. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is going to be weird. And it's actually like he fits in. Yeah, because they dump it down to <laughs> yeah. him. They know how to play basketball. Here you go, big fella. Yeah. And, I mean, for him, he gets to play one-on-one. -on -one. And sets and he's, <laughs> he's setting screens. He's yeah. Crashing. It's like all things that he's good at. Yeah. And uh, I didn't think, I was like, ah, he's not going to be healthy this year. This is, come on. Yeah. And then watching him, like, oh, man. Yeah. I was wrong. This team's going to win. I think they're, I, I don't see any yeah. scenario of non-injury that That's they what I'm win. saying. There's no other team. There's no other team to be like, I don't know, man. This team over here, they're, boy, they're they're pretty good. I don't know if they, they got to beat them on their home court at least once. I mean, you know, there's, there's not that other team. Like Who do you, you like in the East? <sighs> you know. Dude, you seem exasperated. By yeah, the East. it's a tough one. I I like Milwaukee, but um, I think a game plan against Giannis can kind of uh, neutralize him a little bit, neutralize the team. Because um, he can't really shoot yet. I he's think getting he can his shoot. twenty-seven. He just needs to shoot it. Yeah, you're getting twenty-seven, and that's you know that's cool. But yeah, you know that the paint is going to be a little smaller and there's going to be specific game plans for you in the playoffs. And, and against a very good team, you know, I don't see that other guy to step up and really take control for the Bucks. Like, when he's on the bench, what does that look like? It looks like Eric Budsoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been um, pretty good this he's year. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he's I been really like the Meritage trade. I, that was my favorite. <clears throat> Very interesting one. Favorite trade of anybody because I just felt like he could play crunch time for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He can, and he I, can I don't understand it. this Brooke Lopez shooting threes thing. 
but he's, he's, in he's the doing it. No, but I mean, he's like, he's like one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Yeah. And five years ago, it was this one of the few low-post guys we had. Because, look, that's the best part about being a center shooting threes. Nobody runs you off. Like, centers will just watch him shoot. So he knows that he's going to get a pretty much a straight look at the basket, and then he can right. shoot. He's got a slow release, and nobody running him off the three. You know what I mean? So, when did you start really shooting him? Uh, Somewhere during the Miami uh, run, think, right? Yeah, like the fourth year of the whole finals thing. A little bit in the third year, but the fourth year, a little more. And then after that, I was like, okay, and it just I'll, I'll let it rip. <laughs> and what were the defenses doing when you? They were like, what's he doing? Yeah. So that's all <laughs> I do. Is he out there? Yeah, and then we got Hassan at the same time. So I was like, damn, man, I wanted to play the center. I've been fighting center my whole career. Yeah. And then now it's like, all right, I want to play center because I just want to pick and pop. Yeah. It allowed me to just to get a straight shot at the basket every time. So eventually they became, you know, it's, it's just, am I hitting the day or not? The irony is <laughs> you were like five years ahead of your time. Oh, no, you could see it coming. Right. I saw it coming. 2009, and, Chris Bosh coming in, like coming into his prime in yeah. like 2017. <laughs> you say you're eight years too early. Yeah. I was you would have like taken eight like eight threes a game probably. For sure. I, I looked. Um, and you would have been stretch five. For a long time ago. I was looking at the San Antonio series. I mean, the way they were defending us, I should have been at the three-point line a long time ago. And even uh, even the series we won, if I would have stepped out, I felt I probably, we won, it was great, but I could, it could, I could have had more of an impact. Right. Um, offensively. It wasn't much of an offensive series for me, but um, I should have been, I should have been spaced. It's so funny to watch those games. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. They'll, they'll pop on a, like NBA TV, they'll run like hardwood classics. Yeah. And you're only talking about six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And I'll watch the spacing now. I'm like, why were they doing it that way? Uh, it's There's crazy. Three guys right next to each other. <laughs> it's crazy, Why is that man. guy there? Why isn't he in the corner? And then, I mean, you know, like, Tim Duncan's guard me. He's like, I don't know, the best, one of the best players of all time and yeah. one of the leading shot blockers in history of the game. And and I'm not spaced as much. Yeah. You know, I could have done a much better job of spacing, especially in like that corner three area. Could have made a killing. Wade's career, so Wade, a little too early too. I think now he's basically trying to emulate the Harden strategy of like two, like free throws and threes. Yeah. He would have, <laughs> I think he would have gotten rid of the 17-footer for the most part. Yeah, you know what the hardest thing is as a primary ball handler is catching, and, you know, shooting off the catch. Yeah. you stepping into the shot, shoot. That's like surprisingly hard for some. It took me two years to learn how to do that. Yeah. You know, um, to shoot wide open jumpers. As crazy as that sounds, because a guy like D, he's used to creating the shot, you know, and he's used to certain moves to get him. If you, if he's in a situation that's just catch and shoot, you think you have to do more. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're not used to somebody else, you know, being that, you know, creator and hitting you. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a, it's a different thing. It's a different concept to learn. It's a way different, you know, you know, approach to the game. Do you feel like is Wade better or worse in 2019? Vintage Wade. Since so let's take 2009 Wade. Mm -hmm. We just put him in a time machine. We put him right now. 
2009 Wade, nobody could stop that man. I feel like he would average he was, like 35, oh, right? Be, oh. He was 30 in 2009. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, 30 then. It was uh, more... Less uh, hand check? Hand, yeah, more, well, less hand checking no, now. And no big guys in right. front of the rim. That was with, like, Shaq was still in the yeah, league, right, right. you know what I mean? He still had guys in the paint, and he was averaging that much. He was unstoppable then. And, I mean, he could shoot the ball, too. So, I mean, he was always going to be in the passing lanes, getting steals, blocks, and... And dunks, he was just electrifying. Can we talk about power forwards you went against? Yeah, sure. Who? Who's won? Duncan? Yeah, Duncan, KG. Because those were my heroes. You know what I mean? They were, I want to be just like those guys. And Tim was tough just based off the fact that he was in a system that he had mastered. Yeah. And he was pretty good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you can't stop him one-on-one. KG was just... He, he was kind of in the same, but his intensity and, and kind of his skill level was unmatched. I remember you said he intimidated you early, right? Yeah, he got in my head. What was he saying to you? He called me you a mama's swear boy. He called me a mama's boy. A mama's boy? Yeah, we we joked and laughed about it uh, a few months ago. He got he got me too. It was true. <laughs> <laughs> it was true. He called me a mama's boy. I was, you know, uh, he said something. I forgot what he said to me, and I said something back. He said, man, you a mama's boy. I was oh. <laughs> I had the worst game of my career after that. And I said, man, you know, I couldn't sleep. It hurt your feelings. Oh, I was up just late at night. You're like, like, how did what? he know? Yeah, I'm like, what? No, I'm like, what, what is that supposed to mean, a mama's boy? <laughs> oh. Who is he talking about? <laughs> it's 4 a.m. You know, I got to be up in a couple hours. <laughs> I'm still up late he at night. He got your head. Oh, it was all in there. All in there. Kept hearing it, man. Mama's boy. What was the most unstoppable power forward move you had to guard? Uh, Duncan step back banker? No. If it was Duncan, it'd be his left shoulder hook. Because mm. he bows you in the face like three times. Pow, pow, pow. Cop, cop, cop. And they don't call it? No. Never called it. Watch the film. And then I would say, uh, Kevin, he um he had those shimmy, shimmy turnaround jumpers. You know, and you know who else was tough? I had a, a lot of problems. Paul Gasol. Yeah. Whew. I liked his game. Whoo boy, he was really, really, really good. Everyone thinks Kobe won the last two titles by himself. It's like Gasol was <laughs> no, on the Gasol team. Gasol and Bynum. Gasol should have won the MVP against in the Celtics series. He you was think the so? best guy. Yeah. You think so? He he killed us. Yeah, especially I mean, in Game Seven, he we couldn't keep him off the boards. Yeah, he was uh, he's he's an amazing player, and yeah, those would be my top three probably. You know, did you you went against C Web, but it was kind of at the tail end of yeah, the C Web prime. Yeah, yeah. But your rookie end. year, you probably saw a decent version of him. Um, I think he was hurt. Yeah. Um, and then um, when he got healthy, he was picking pop C Web. You know what I mean? I, I never had to guard him in the in the elbow system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, with uh, with the Kings, I never had to. That was, I never saw that. So you know, I never had any nightmares about that. So that was great. I always felt like he was way up there in the uh, most talented big guy conversation. He was ahead of. Just his had time. bad luck. Yeah, he was he, ahead he, of. He his had a couple time, of man. dumb injuries. Mm-hmm. He was on a couple of bad teams that yeah. were the wrong franchises, basically. Yeah. Never and, really I mean, found the right team. Yeah, and you know, freaking big shot Bob, man. That was. 
that was just tough, man. Sometimes it just comes down to that, and they yeah, had Vlade. Vlade bats it out. Yeah, this is the right play, and it's like the perfect pass. It's, the ba- yeah, it's the, the right play. Just like this, and, and, and some people say, "Why did he knock it out?" Well, because Shaq was right there. Yeah, I mean, if he gets it and dunks it, you're going to overtime either way. Get it out of there. It just so happens. <laughs> it just so happens he was standing right there, and it just you know he was able to step right into it. So that's just how it happens sometimes, man. But yeah, C Web was that was C-Web a stolen was, title. Yeah, man. You know, oh two Kings. That's a tough one. It's a very tough one. That's why, even though they have the the Celtics have their pick this year, and it it kills me when they win because they're killing our pick. Um, <laughs> I I am really happy for Sacramento fans because they have yeah. I spent like thirteen awful years in a row. Basically, yeah. I mean, you know the the you know the ownership. Uh, they've been they've been trying. I think yeah. that's uh, that's been an obvious thing. They want to be in Sacramento, built a new new arena, is tech savvy and everything. And it helps to draft in the top five. And it helps that too. A bunch of times. You know, a bunch of times. Hopefully, the you know the tanking in the past has worked out. Yeah. You know now you got to pick the right guys. Hey, let's take a break to talk about Roman. Erectile dysfunction is more common than you think. 52% of men will experience erectile dysfunction at some point in their life. Even worse, about 70% of those guys don't talk to a doctor about it. Well, it's time to take care of it with Roman. It's like a check engine light for your body. It's often the first sign of something more serious going on, like high blood pressure or heart condition, diabetes, and more. 52% of men will experience ED in their life. About 70% won't talk to a doctor about it. It's time to talk to a doctor and take care of it with Roman. It's a one-stop shop to treat ED from the comfort and privacy of your home. Getting started is quick and easy. GetRoman.com slash bill. Complete a brief online visit. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, they can prescribe FDA-approved medication to be delivered in discreet packaging to your door with free two-day shipping. So go talk to a doctor. ED can be tough to tackle. It's really important to get it checked out. With Roman, it is easy to take care of. Today, Roman is giving the Bill Simmons Show listeners a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Go to GetRoman.com slash Bill to get started for your free visit. Once again, GetRoman.com slash Bill. Do you think we have enough teams or should we have more teams or less teams? Is 30 the right number of teams? I think we have right enough. 30, uh, Would you, you go know, to 32? Do we have enough talent for 32? I mean, 32? expansion is always a great thing for business, but no, I don't think it's a good thing right now. It wouldn't even make any sense. What's the ideal number of games? 82. Speaking as an athlete. <laughs> Speaking as an athlete, I would say— And, re- and the recovery <sighs> process and everything. It, it would depend on when the season starts. If it's the same length, you, it's still a long season if you keep it the same length. But um, if you had, like, 60, 60 games, it would be a lot quicker, a lot more important. But then, you know, the pay would go down, so I don't think guys would really care for that. I'm not sure the pay will go down. Just a little bit. I think if it's at 70— and they figure out a couple gimmicks to make make the money back, <laughs> like a midseason tournament or yeah, a couple different things they could do. Yeah, that I, don't would, know. I don't know. Midseason tournament would be fun. It would be. You get like the fifth pick in the draft if you win or something. Yeah, you know, then you know you have pros, so you had the GMs. We get the fifth pick, bro. You're like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I I think they fixed the All Star game though. I actually liked the. I went last year. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was a great. I All-Star enjoyed game, it. Right? Everybody was I, trying. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a, it was a great game. I think um, sometimes with the players, when you when when you see things getting shaken up a little bit, you can tell. Like, okay, the product isn't that good. Come on, guys, let's let's get out here and let's you know let's play. The fans come to see us play. Yeah, let's play. And I think the 
the the picking captains and the oh, like you said, it's a pickup league right now anyway, right? So true. It's the AAU era. <laughs> yeah, man. So now it's even more, you know, even more. How much can, how much lobbying behind the scenes do you think went on for who's gonna be on what team? A lot. You think LeBron's texting all those guys? I wouldn't say texting them, but when you get in the locker room, hey, what's up, man? Sit down. You know, you can talk. Everybody's there. You can, you know, see how he's doing. How's the family? What are you thinking? I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, you can go to dinner. You can write it off. It's great. How much side betting is going on? Side betting for for the game. For the game between the two sides. Oh, I don't, I don't think much. No, I don't think much. Yeah, because if you know, maybe the guys who can, you know win MVP, the ball handler guys. Guys like me, the All-Star game was just, you know, a privilege. And then, you know, I'd play for a couple minutes and go sit down and let everybody else be cool. Like, they won't let me. Nobody will pass me the ball. You know, It's like spot AAU up, all over yeah, again. Yeah, spot-up jumpers doesn't get it in the All-Star game. Nobody wants to see me lay it softly off the glass. You had some crunch times, though. So, yeah, I did. And, and then, um, you know, I came close. And then after I didn't win MVP, I said, well, <laughs> That's it. Dallas was my best shot. I gave it. And after that, I said, all right, well, you know, I just do it for the honor and the jersey. And You're like the perfect all-star game guy, though, because <clears> it can't be five guys who need 25 shots. Yeah, I mean, you need like in, a couple guys who yeah, are like, I'm good. All-star game. It's like, yeah, I'm I'll a role I'll send some player. picks. <laughs> yeah, you're a permanent role I'll player I'll shoot now, some 18-footers. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be the greatest of all time if you just play your role. Now get over there and just spot up. <laughs> You know, we need LeBron and, you know, we need him to do his thing. You know, we need to, we need to give D-Wade space. You know, that's what they say. I thought it was interesting that Harden went seventh. <laughs> so the two captains. <laughs> yeah. Six guys get picked before Harden, who's averaging 37 a game. It was like both guys are like, eh. Yeah. Not sure I want to just stand there and watch James Harden do crab, yeah. dri crab dribbles. Yeah, I mean, that's, what's, that's his game. And Westbrook went a little later, too, than I expected. Yeah. Hey, man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's always kind of the thing, right? When w last year they were talking about televising and, and everybody didn't want them to televise it because it'd be kind of weird picking everybody. But now we're here and now we're talking about those and things. And nobody cared. Yeah. Because you make the All-Star. I mean, Bradley Beal was the last pick and he is not the 24th best All-Star. <laughs> Bradley Beal's really good. Yeah. It could just be to a thing like, oh, damn, I forgot Bradley was playing. I got yeah. him. Damn. Giannis was funny because he took three centers, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. It was like nobody explained the, <laughs> the rules or how to put together. <laughs> yeah, like, don't play you definitely up. can't play two centers at yeah. the All-Star game together. I mean, you know, they don't play pickup in Greece, man. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's the next LeBron, in your opinion? Uh, I don't know, Is man. that person in the league right now? I think Giannis is uh I wouldn't call him the next Brian, but you can see kind of the 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 generational guys he's influencing. So Giannis and um Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. <clears throat> I like Ben Simmons. Me too. I think um he's you know, point guard, pass first guy, uses his size. Um, you know, he's just gotta shoot the ball. You know, and um Giannis, same for him. He's just gotta shoot the ball. And I think uh the kid, Zion Williams, I think he's probably Zion yeah, yeah. probably one of those uh I think he you know, could be the guys. next guy. He did he something this weekend that I just have never seen, but he did a chase down block 
And it was like Spider-Man. The dude took, was it uh, on the layup or No, the it was on three? the guy in the corner. Yeah, he took forever to shoot that. Jump. It was like, you seen this kid play? Shoot it. <laughs> Good grief. He caught it, thought about it, felt it. I thought some shot and got his jump I thought beat. somebody doctored the footage and then it turned out it wasn't doctored. <laughs> Zion jumped like 12 feet. Yeah, he's, a, he's an athlete. Um, I like how competitive, I, I'm obsessed with him. I love how like great teammate. Yeah. Super competitive. Yeah. Like, no, like, ego stuff at all. He's just like, I just want to dominate the other team at that's, all times. That's I what love it's that about, guy. man. That's what it's about. And, you know, as he gets more skills, um, you know, that's the thing. But, yeah, the competitive drive, you know, uh, um, getting after it, and then, you know, just finding out a way to win ball games and be a good teammate and use your athleticism for – you know, offense and defense. That's the thing. He plays hard on yeah, defense. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a special thing. I like him right now. And two years from now when he's introducing his new shoe at All-Star Weekend. And, <laughs> and his new sunglasses. Story. Yeah, his new Google sunglasses, the Zions. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's talking Zion Gatorade. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, like that. you know and it's coming, like, man. Oh, man. It's coming. Really miss you know, the old one. It is coming, man. So it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Did you hate Duke? Everybody hates Duke. Well, you were in their conference. Yeah, of course. You have to because, you know, if you don't, they're going to get the best of you. And they beat the crap out of us, too, you know, twice. How'd you end up at Georgia Tech? I wanted to go there to play right away, man. Um, they what, was had it? what were the other options? Uh, Texas, Florida, Miami, uh, Michigan, but then they went on probation. Yeah. Yeah, right after that. Breaking uh, Jalen. So. Jalen really <laughs> And uh, I want to say I'm missing one, but those are the main. You were only one year at Georgia Tech. Yeah, it was one year. So you're basically there eight months. Yeah, did you lead? Seven. Did you lead? So you got knocked out of the tournament and you're out. You're not tournament. taking classes anymore. The were you even in the, the tournament? national invitational? Oh, you didn't tournament. even make the NCAA. Yeah, Oof. no offense to the you know NIT, but the NIT sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, right. It sucks. It was it was not a good time. It's like I'm a competitor, but I hope we lose today. Yeah, so just put me <laughs> I can on start my misery, working on my please. NBA. It's warm, finally warm on campus, and everybody's having fun. And you know we got to go to practice for the second round of the NIT. It's not uh, it's not as cool as it looked on. We're on playing TV. Fordham. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did get to play on ESPN and everything. And, and the whack part about the NIT, you don't find out until everybody scrambles after Selection Sunday. So we lose. We're playing in the we're playing in the ACC tournament. We lose on. Of course, we got lost on the first day. We lose on Friday. Day off Saturday. We practice on Sunday. We're 16 and 16, Ugh. and we practice, and it's cold, and we were watching everybody. We're, I remember watching the ACC championship as we're leaving, go to the gym, and then, like, they select everybody right after, and then the NIT, I guess, is just like a fax or, you know, an email or it's something. Text. Yeah, you know, I mean, not back then. It wasn't a text back <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah. You know, it's through the fax machine, like, kink, 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 I think we're playing. Hold on, guys, you know. Okay, okay, wait. We're gonna find it. And, you know, we're playing loyal America. Yeah, yeah. We're just at home. Yeah, let's get the scouting report. Who's this guy? You know. So when you got knocked out, were that? Did you even go to class anymore at that point? Yeah, I went to class. I was crazy. Because most people now they're just done. The yeah, day I mean, it's over. yeah. It was like I'm, I'm out of here. You know, I actually like went to tutoring. You know, kept going to class. I was a crazy kid, man. Yeah, I'm at the whole college thing now. <laughs> Yeah. So you show up in, what, mid-August to start yeah. practicing? mid-August. And potentially um, you're out of there on, like, March 27th. 
Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, Zion Williamson went to Duke. It's yeah. like, well, he was there for a few months. Yeah, he st- he stopped was, by. Yeah, it was a good time. He did a, dry, a, dr- a Duke <laughs> drive-by, and then he left. Yeah, you know, he took some online courses. and. Were you in the McDonald's game? Yeah, 2002 in New York City. Who was your class? Who was uh, in there? J.J. Reddick was MVP. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, the, Ringer's own, the Ringer's own J.J. Oh, Reddick. Yeah. He has a podcast for us. Yeah, now. he does. Yeah, yeah. He does. Really good podcast. Um, Raymond Felton. The East was stacked. Raymond Felton. Were you East or West? I was Carmelo. West. Yeah, Mello, Amari. Um, I'm just trying to think Amari. of guys I was in the league. Oh, yeah. See, Amari these games was, should be on all the time. Yeah, they I would watch on, um, during the McDonald's thing last year. Yeah, I would watch this. Yeah, it was it was good. It was funny. It was funny to watch, man. But it was uh they had a they had a stacked team, man. We didn't stand a chance. West, we didn't stand a chance, man. They beat the crap out. They beat the us East. like a drum. I think I got East yelled at during that halftime. We got yelled at like who was your ice. coach? I can't remember, but they were yelling at us. I'm like, damn, bro. It was, <laughs> it was on ESPN though, right? Yeah. 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 You know, playing in the game of your dreams and the, you know, coaches. Screaming at you like, you call this a, a, you know, <laughs> I'm coming off the greatest season ever in high school. And, you know, then it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get these accolades and and I'm getting yelled at and, you know, feel like I'm going to have to run after the game because we're getting smashed. So they're retiring your number on March 26th. Yeah, man. Are you going to cry? Yeah. I hope not. What are the odds? What are the Vegas odds right now? And they're tears? high. They're high. They're high. Yeah, man. <laughs> Minus 300. High. Yeah. You know, I don't want to. Get all emotional in front of everybody, but if they start, you know, playing certain things and, you know, me knowing that that part of my life is over. Yeah. Um, you know, that has been uh, a tough thing to deal with, but I'm good. Uh, I'm good. The last now. time you were here, which I think was a year ago. Yeah. It didn't seem like you closed the door yet. No, no. I was still, I was still trying pretty, you know, pretty adamantly. You were um, watching all those stretch fives. Man, out there eating. I'm like, like I gotta, this is this is my vision is true, bro. I knew it. I knew it. Now this is what you gotta do. Ha! All you gotta do is play offense. You don't have to play any defense. Yeah. That's the best part. I can I don't have to play any defense. And I don't, you don't even have to pay me that much. I don't want 30. Just give me like 12, 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? A year. Four for eight from three. Yeah. Sit down Two and free let throws. the young guys do it. Yeah. You know, I can mosey on back on defense. I don't really have to. Try that hard on defense, you know. Yeah, you could have, you could have conceivably <laughs> done that till you're like 44. Man, I could, ke- I could have kept playing, but you know, it's um, uh, that time has passed, you know, and um, you know, I've made the decision, um, you know, not to pursue it anymore. So, and your health stuff's a yeah, lot I mean, better. Yeah, I mean, it's always been good. You know, I, I always tell people that um, the second situation was just, I don't know, man, it just was, just a thing. I didn't go to the hospital. I wasn't. Laid up in, in uh, you know, the first time I was in the hospital and had to have surgery and all that stuff. Um, this time was just, yep, that's it. And, you know, I'm playing the best basketball I played in a while. And, and I felt the team that we had, you know, maybe not win a championship, but at least make it really hard for whoever was coming out the East. I wanted to play the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. You know, and it was uh, right there in front of us as a team and in front of me. It just didn't happen. You know, so I, I just came to terms with that um, a while ago. I'm happy. I'm healthy. My kids are happy. You know, I'm around the kids more, and and that's been great. What do you just, up to, like, nine kids? 
I got five. You like Philip Rivers? Me. You're yeah, the new Philip Rivers. No, don't do that, man. Philip, you got four more in you. Philip, I, jeez, Louise, he's ha- probably having one right now. He's probably having a tenth. <laughs> Just us talking that about dude him is crazy, man. It's like golly, man. He's and that's NFL. Yeah, you know he's that's out there living out there on the edge a little bit because you can get cut at any time. True. Yeah. Well, just so you know, five's a lot. Five is a lot. They remind me of that every two, time. And it feels like five. Yeah, it's overwhelming. It's like, you know, our, we were in the living room uh, the other day. My kids, they like to ride scooters around yeah. the house. So they just ride around. Oh, and yeah. They want me to chase them for whatever reason. I don't, I'm like, I'm not chasing you around the house. And, um, yeah, they want me to wrestle. And, you know, they grab my leg. And, you know, it's the pretty... Typical dad stuff where they try yeah. to beat me up, and it's just five of them, and they're so intense. You know, everything is like a a wrestling match. How old are the kids now? <clears throat> Ten, six, five, two, and two. My twins will my twins will be three next month. So I still feel like you could take all five of them in a fight. Oh, but for maybe sure. like three years from now, for get sure. More interesting. They get me a little bit though. Yeah. My twins. You well, know, they're cheap I, shot artists. Yeah, when they hit I like six, stop, they'll punch you in yeah, the balls. I had to do stop wrestling with my twins because yeah. I had one and a couple times, you yeah, know, the other one gets me. Yeah, get me and scratch me. It's like, all right, I'm not messing with you. It's two of you guys. Ooh, you know, so I got to, you know, come back and, you know, lie to them and then, you know, come back and like blindside them or something. They play hoops? Anybody? Um, my youngest and my oldest boys, they, they, my, my son, he's asked me to play a little more lately, which is, hasn't mm-hmm. happened. Um, in Austin, um, at home, we have a, uh, a goal set up and he, he, lately he's been wanting me to go out there and shoot with him. So, and I, I like watching him at first. I start trying to correct him. No, shoot like this. And I said, man, forget it. Just yeah, do your thing. This is the purity of the game. Yeah. You know, when you're just happy to get it up there and make a shot. You know, it doesn't have to be correct and all that stuff. So I just go out there, let them play and have fun. Let's take a quick break to talk about the Ringer Podcast Network. A couple of newish shows and feeds that I wanted to tell you about. Joe House is back with Fairway Rowan, our golf podcast, which is really about to heat up here as we get into uh, into February and March. So we have that one. We have Winging It with Andy Finberg, Vince Carter, Kent Bazemore, who thank God he didn't get traded. I'm so happy. That was so great for the podcast. They've had some awesome guests. If you love basketball, check that out. The Recapables is doing True Detective every week on the Recapables feed. Please check that out as well. And then Bachelor Party. Um, we are in the full throes of Bachelor season right now. Julia Lippman and a rotating cast doing two times a week. My wife was on this on Thursday, and somehow uh, she didn't get fired. So, And I actually popped on on the end of it. As well, so we have that. And then last but not least, Channel 33 on Fridays now, every week, Tea Time with Amelia Wiedermeyer, Kate Halliwell, and my favorite ringer employee, Liz Kelly. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think she, it's you and it's you and her. I'm related to you. And then Liz Kelly's just the best. Yeah, she's got so, no family points, so it counts. The three of them talk about uh, celebrity culture every Friday. And I'm just going to tell you, it's my daughter's favorite podcast. Works out to it. Um, really? wants to be on it I had to explain to her how she my daughter is not allowed to invite herself onto people's podcasts check that out Tea Time every Friday on Channel 33 which also has the awesome press box damage control uh, jam session every other week and is one of the oldest podcasts we have so yeah Channel 33 Tea Time Fridays check out all those podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network where we had our biggest month last month over 42 million downloads Kyle. holy shit yeah very cool Jesus 
We are doing really well. Thanks for uh, all the support. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word. All right, back to Chris Bosch. What about the media stuff? What's your What's your plan? Because you're good at this. You should do more. I'm around. You know, TV? Um, the TV network's courted you. There was yeah, some courting. I'm, look, I'm available for the whole deal. My wife, uh, she told me I'm available, so... Oh, she did? She signed off? Yeah, she runs the shots. You know what I mean? Women around the world. I just, I tell I tell people, I just work here, man. You know, so she signed off. So, I, I you know, I'll be exploring opportunities. But, you know, I think for a while people, you know, both teams and both sides were kind of not knowing what my intentions were. Yeah. And, you know, that's why, you know, now I'm just moving on and just letting everybody know that it's it. Um, you know, What about front up. office? Um, you know, nah. I'm I'm around. I you know because you were using stats and stuff before a lot of other players were. Yeah, like you were looking at all the advanced yeah. metric stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now um now we're just uh you know me me and my team we like dissect the CBA. <laughs> the CBA. Yeah. Yeah. I advise every player and everybody that's listening to this dive into the CBA, man. It's on it's on the internet. You can print it, read it. You know, that's the business agreement for, you know, players in the NBA, you know. So you have to understand that to to understand more of what happens in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Knowing the rules and everything. That CBA is going to look really interesting the next time they It's going to change up it. a little bit. Yeah, I would um, say. <laughs> it's $50 million a year. Hold up. Let's talk about this. We It's going to be and it's going to be another bad deal. Somebody else will, you know, complain about a bad deal. The difference signed. this time around from when the lockout what was that, 11? 2011. Yeah. The league's doing much better in every single respect. No, absolutely. They make more money. The interest is better. It's, it's a 365-day-a-year sport. Oh, yeah. Summer is, league is for huge. people under 30, I feel like it's even bigger <clears throat> than football is. Yeah, for sure, by um, far. And you could I, – I mean, I was saying this a few years ago that like, to me, like, LeBron's worth, like, 75 million a year. Now he's probably worth, like, 100. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean. Like, just to what he means to the league and what – you take, like, the top 12 guys, just yeah. what they are and what they mean to the league and the awareness. And, yeah. I don't yeah, know how much you can't put a price on it. Yeah, they just picked the all-star team on national television. Yeah. With the, with the two, <laughs> That's and, amazing. And they're know? and everybody's likable and yeah, it's good. No, it's a good time for the league. Um, you know, it's growing. I think uh, the worldwide presence is. I think when we're really going to see this thing open up to compete with soccer, you know, and um, that's kind of one of the things I've been thinking about too. Is you know, really, I've been trying to do it for a couple, few years now. But um, <clears throat> you know, um, I was working with Adam, and you know, we were trying to work on trips. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm the global ambassador of, uh, yeah. of the league and everything, and and so I was trying to, you know, get to different countries, and you know, we went to India, we went to South Africa, we went to Ghana, um, and it kind of stopped short with my, you know, health situation and everything. Um, but you know, I'm looking forward to you know picking that back up. That's one definitely one of the things that you know I want to do. I feel like I owe it to the game to you know, spread the game of basketball and help, you know, help kids. Well, think <laughs> about know. Embiid and Giannis, who I think are probably two of the best seven to eight players in the league. Yeah, for Giannis sure. Giannis is definitely in the top three. Embiid's in the top seven, maybe. He's pretty good. His best game might even be in the top five. But think about how those guys ended in the NBA, you know? And yeah. like 20 years ago, Embiid might not make it. Nah, I mean— it Like, was, he might not even get to America. I talked to a dude— one time and he didn't make it to the league or anything but he works for nba africa uh went to the university of manhattan got a scholarship to play basketball he's in a village 
you know, with no food. Yeah. You know, so these guys go from that. And, and you know, it was funny because I'm talking to him and he's talking about his problems. I'm talking about my problems a little bit. They say, yeah, I know what you mean. It was hard in my village, too. We didn't have any food. <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> yeah, you got it. What? You got to at least eat a muffin or a croissant or something before you start playing. Go, you can't go to. Yeah. You know, you can't get a bite to eat before. Jesus Christ. He's, Damn, my, my problems aren't that bad. You know, then these guys are in the NBA. When I was at Grandland, we did a movie with Serge Ibaka about the Congo, him yeah. going back there. And I, it was really eye-opening to me because you see it, but when you actually, like, see it. Yeah. And you see. Oh, I went know, over there. I mean, they didn't have sneakers. Yeah, they, they play know? basketball on their bare feet. Man. Yeah. And, and snakes and lions and, like, gorillas out there, man. But I we're probably <laughs> there's probably more in beads coming because I Yo, think no. that infrastructure is being built. Absolutely. And that that's, we're gonna be able to find kids from everywhere. And I, I just think the league's gonna get deeper and more talented oh, and more yeah. diverse. And we haven't even I don't even think they scratched no, I think the we scratched like ten percent of yeah, it. Yeah, and then India is another market. It's a billion and two people out there. Well then the other thing is the streaming <clears throat> and the fact that these games now are going into these countries yeah. pretty consistent. Yeah. In the old days it was like they would have their one game a week yeah, in China. Now. Now it's, now it's like you watch anything. Yeah, you're going to, everybody, and it's only going to be more mobile phones and iPads. You know what I mean? More so, money for the players. More money for the players, too. Everything so. is awesome except for the part that <laughs> I don't think I don't think we can keep a team keep a team together for more than three years. I think that's where it's going, man. I think it's, it's just going to be short, quick deals. Yeah. Um, I oh, think. Kyrie's on San Antonio this year. Oh, <laughs> now he's going to Miami. Yes. Oh, cool. You now know, he's on Detroit. Sign a two-year, $100 million deal, you know, and he's going to go here and... Yeah, because, you know, it's, it was the same thing back in the 90s when they were signing the seven-year deals. We're kind of back in that same space. The well, seven-year deals were everything. cool, and then after a while, they became shorter and shorter and shorter. Now we're just going through the same thing again. You know, no team is going to want to say, hey, you know, Kevin Durant come for six years or however. Well, he can only offer five because he switched teams. It could be you four. Know. Four is the yeah. max if you switch. Yeah, so – is you know it's going to be shorter deals, and if I'm a GM, why would I sign a guy long term if I feel that any time you know the weather might change and you might change your mind? So now guys are just the game has changed. You're going to have to think a lot quicker now. Maybe we should make it if you sign the max deal, you're just stuck with each other for four years. That's it. It's like a marriage. You can't get out. You just have, you just have yeah, to make it work. Limit. Remember, I'm a player. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying both sides yeah. are stuck with it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we're but both you stuck know, with this. I'm a player. I might want out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we fix this. <laughs> oh no, I told you, man. Just buckle up and just enjoy the ride. You know, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun time. I definitely uh, think we're gonna look back on this and say it was the start of something. I don't know what it's gonna. I like be your later. AAU analogy. I think that's where we're. No, one hundred percent. I think this is now the because I have friends like that. We we you know we dudes would play for other teams across the country, and then like after that, they would never be home. Yeah, you know. Then they go to prep school. I knew guys in LA that went to prep school in Boston. Right. You know what I mean? Or, you know, guys in D.C. that went up to Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah. You know, or going down to IMG. Right. You know, so that was or like— Oak Hill. Yeah, you know, Oak Hill was always—they were the really the first ones that I remember, but—and then it kind of expanded after that, you know? So um, <clears throat> it's just changed a lot. So I just need to get over it. Yeah, just get over it, man. It's just different. Because, I, I, I mean, you know, they start different. You know, like um, Julius Randle's from Dallas— 
He's the first guy out of Dallas to come out of private school. Nobody went to private school. Wow. I went to public school. Yeah. You know? I remember C-Web went to Detroit Country Day. That was like the first time yeah. I'd even heard of Yeah, and, and and I had heard about Country Day, but that was like the the Detroit powerhouse. Yeah. You know, so there was no team like that in Texas. And now guys are getting opportunities early to go to private school, to, you know, click up with their friends, to say, oh, man, let's, hey, let's go to Vegas in this tournament and play with this team. Oh, okay, let's go to Florida and play with this team. And it's just, that's just the way of the basketball. I world. wonder... I wonder if, like, the under-30 generation is just going to have favorite players in that teams. Maybe that's part of this. Yeah, it'll just be favorite players. It's um, like, I like I Kyrie. He's on the Knicks now. And I like the Knicks. It's like that now. It kind of feels like it might be. Yeah, I feel like that, that way now. with my son a little bit with basketball. He just likes players, but doesn't really care about the Celtics that way. Yeah. But he just likes the different guys. He likes Kyrie because he likes his shoes. Yeah, he got shoes and commercials. And then, yeah. like, one of the things I remember when Brian came back and played in Miami, you see people with Cavaliers jerseys. Right. It's like, dude, really? You got the hat and the jersey and your girl got a jersey too? Stop. Yeah. You're not a Cleveland fan. I remember the first time <laughs> when you guys played in Boston, the first game. Yeah. In, in 11. Or 10. Oh, yeah, yeah. Third, it was the, first, the, or the second, second game. game of the second year. game of the year. Yeah. No, I, it was the first game. That was the opener. I went to that game. And there were people in the stands with Miami jerseys. Yeah. And all of us were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Where did these people come from? Yeah, it, it'd be some days for us to like. We were like, Really? Come on, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's the city sometimes, like Atlanta. It, yeah. Oh, I was just, okay, guys, calm down. It was just a three. If you're cheering for me, then I know it's gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> you cheer for an open jumper. That's yeah, cool, I remember but. <laughs> in two, the 2012, the game six, when LeBron, KG, and Pierce pushed him too far and he just destroyed the Celtics that game. Yeah. There was a lot of Miami fans there. I don't and remember I being. Like, I don't remember what being the hell? like that. Though. You might you you Boston fans, so you might have seen we, like that to you, but we're usually hundred percent capacity with Bud. Yeah. But then this decade, now you ninety nine and a half nah, was like was, I don't know, guys. They, it was, this is weird. It was like <laughs> close to a I don't know seven hundred, eight hundred Miami 700, fans. 800, that many? It didn't seem like it. To be honest with you. So all those people that came out, thank you for your support. Because it was dead quiet except for the Miami, the yeah. couple Miami fans. Yeah. When they, LeBron like really destroyed. Yeah, he had a good game. Destroyed us mentally. He had a pretty good game. It was rough. It was, he played well. It was good. <laughs> KG. I, KG went too far. But that's that was always the his MO. It was the Celtics MO. I mean, that was the, you know, the vibe of the city and that team. They were tough. You know, uh, in your face, kind of like a smash mouth basketball kind of style. And I mean, they went up 3 2. They were right there. LeBron just had, you had a, a couple really of big game. threes in the fourth quarter that game seven that I've not yeah, forgiven I mean, you I for. I was open, you know. Yeah. Got another I wish you missed them. Uh, it's okay. Chris Bosch, do more media. Do more of this. Go I'm on trying. TV. Be talking head guy. Do get your hands going. I'm trying. Do yes. This. Oh, that's a great point, Paul. Well, Here's the uh, other thing with Golden State they have to. They have do to do all that stuff. Yeah, I'm. You know what? I've been working with my hands. That's one of the things they told me I needed to do. I've been working with my Kevin coach. Durant has to take over in the second half. And people it, say, dude, "Wow, that's yeah. amazing." Like, look at his hands, I'm, man. Look, He's figuring hey, this out. Look, I'm retired now. I'm retiring, I guess. Um, and you know, I don't think anybody has anybody retired and put their jersey up at the same time. Nobody's done that, have they? What do you mean? <clears throat> Retire? I'm re like officially. Oh, you're retiring at the retirement ceremony? Yeah. Yeah, you might have invented this. Yeah. 
Usually the people retire and then they have the ceremony. I knew it. I knew it. This is See, great. I got to find my place in the history of the game, you know, and I pride myself on being a pioneer. So these things, like I've done so much and I never brag. <laughs> you know, I never brag. Where are your rings, by the way? They're, uh, are they in a safety safe. deposit box? They're in my safe. You guys work so hard for these rings and then they yeah. just get shoved into just, some safe. I wear them every now and then. They're too big. They're so big. Really, was, they should be neck. They should be turned into like <clears throat> chains, because then yeah. you could actually wear them. Yeah, for sure. Because the rings are absurd. There's no human being. Yeah, on the well, planet I mean, it's like those. that big. Yeah. I mean, I wore them in All Star last year, and I kept shaking everybody's hand, and like the side of my knuckles were mangled and yeah, bloody. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hmm. Uh, they should make. I would like a nice Cuban links. You know, I'm from. Should start. Maybe you'd be pioneer with that. Yeah, man. I'm from. I'm from Dallas, man. I come from a certain particular ring chains part of town. I want. Yeah, I want that type you of get jewelry. A gold chain with two with the two rings. Just going nah, nah. It's yeah. got to be one medallion right oh, here. Like flip, flip. And it's got to be bigger. You know, a little <laughs> bigger. Cuban links coming down. Like something that. real nice. Nice something white linen suit in Miami. Real nice. Yeah. You're out you know in the what town. I mean? You're something ready to that go. look like a king would wear. You know, you just put it on. <laughs> something ridiculous. You know what I mean? That would be that would be dope. Well, good luck on March 26th. I'm happy for you. For what? what for the luck? for the jersey. You ceremony. said good luck though. I don't, no, good luck. Good luck not crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that'll be tough, man. My kids gonna be there. My dad, yeah. you know, you're gonna I, cry in front of your kids. Yeah, I can't. I got a lot of be, pressure. Yeah, that'll it is. Maybe take be a some anti-crying medication. I might. I might. You never know. But it'll be um it'll be a special moment. Um, that's me, something. Before you go, give me a title prediction. Golden State over. I'm gonna say Golden State um, over the Raptors. Yeah, I my mean team, it probably. I, 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 my team broke me this last week. Yeah, they 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 lose to L. A. and then L. A. back to back. Yeah, they I mean we've been twenty eight point game. Yeah, we've been waiting on the we've been waiting on the Celtics. They should they yeah, should be number one and they should have stayed at number one. And my feelings is, are so hurt. <laughs> and we just won We just won the World Series and the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I'm so upset about this. I'm like, I should just a little bit of pressure for the, you know, Boston God. guys, man. That's and that's probably like another piggybacking on the thing with the young guys. It's probably another thing. Like people in Boston. I blame Kobe. I knew, Kobe knew what he was doing. <laughs> he worked out with Tatum. He planted all the stuff in his head. I really do. As soon as I saw they're working out, I was upset. Look, let me tell you something. About, Kobe knew Especially what he was about that stuff. I'm not saying he did that thing. All I'm saying is, like, Kobe's a very, very calculated and smart man. And so anybody that, you know, uh, especially young players that take his advice and all these things, keep the bigger picture in mind. He has two of our guys because <clears throat> he has Kyrie, too. That's another quote-unquote guy he's mentoring. Yeah. Black Kobe, Mamba. stay away from the that's, Celtics. That's the Mamba. You, stay you away know. from the Celtics, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Mamba. What happens when you deal with the Black Mamba? Yeah. Right? Not good. What happens? Is, you know, I'm not saying anything good happens. You can give me a mentor. He but hates you're going the Celtics. To take, but you're going to take on Mamba-like mentalities. He's on record as hating the Celtics. Why is he, working, why is he mentoring course. our players? Oh, you know. God. You should ask him that. Maybe there should be, you know, investigative report or something like you know, oh, I didn't think just, there's nothing to investigate. I yeah. he's just sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should do some investigation on that and just see what happens, man. Chris Bosch, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it's it, pleasure. Man. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks to Chris Bosch. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Hotel Tonight. They make it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates. They're like a matchmaker between top-rated hotels with unsold rooms and people who want to book those rooms. Hotel Tonight, not just for last-minute bookings. You can book for tonight. 
tomorrow, beyond, perfect for planners, procrastinators, everyone in between. Find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app right now. We are coming back with two more podcasts later this week. Until then. 